Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yeah! Welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hi! We got the show's namesake. On assignment, there's no BJ Shea. Ha! I lied! <laughs> but running the boards is Joey D. Why did you lie to us, Rev? I don't know. I thought it was fun. On today's show, we will talk about the Umbrella Academy. Not the show, but the comic. Ah. Maybe a little bit more on that. I will talk about a show that's been out for quite a while that I finally found because of Netflix. Thank you very much. Ooh, maybe that more, but of course, The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Dot <laughs> uh, Or, you know, it's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. 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 It's, you know, just BJ Geek Nation, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes if you want to find us. It's not hard. Nope, nope, nope. Super, super easy to do. And uh, give us a review if you like to. I mean, if you don't like to, then don't. Uh, but, I mean, if you give us a five-star review, I will thank you a whole lot. Please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll even send you a comic book because yes. you know, that might be fun. Um, lots of stuff to go down and talk about. First thing I want to talk about is, Vicky, yes. you let me borrow the latest uh, uh, Umbrella Academy uh, graphic novel trade. Yes. So uh, titled Hotel Oblivion. Yep. And I'm I'm excited to read it because you let me borrow the first two. The first one, I don't remember the name of it, uh, but the second one was Dallas. And both of those kind of together, um, like for season one and two are kind of mixed together for the TV show. Yes. When you're watch when you're reading the books, you're kind of like, okay, well this thing happened for this one and this happened for this one. Like certain characters um, are not introduced to like the second book who have been in the series the entire time. It, it, it most shows do a pretty good job keeping, you know, a fairly close connection with the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first uh, volume was called Apocalypse, Apocalypse Suite. That's right. That's right. Because those were the uh, that was the, was that in the name of the uh, the piece that the maestro had I put together. Think so I don't remember yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah, something along those lines. But yeah. Uh, but Umbrella Academy is definitely one of those shows where they really go away from a lot of the nor- like the stuff that happens, whether yes. it's storyline powers. The cool thing, though, one, it works, and two, mm-hmm. the entire time they've had Gerard Way there kind of helping them along, who is the writer, and you might recognize that name, from uh, My Chemical Romance. He is, in fact, the lead singer. Yeah, I want to um, say that I've gotten back into... I never really was into My Chemical Romance. Oh, I was. It was like a like it was around 2005 or something it's like, like oh, that. that song's good. Well, yeah, and it would be like those things like... Well, they're classified as emo, and I don't like that. And then I realized I'm like looking back at the catalog of all the music I listened to, mm. like New Wave and like Depeche Mode, and, yeah. like a lot of the '90s music. And I'm like, no, this is just the 2000s version of all the music I like, and I really like this music. Crap. And My Chemical Romance was probably, I think, our high school years, Joe. Like that oh, yeah. was it and oh i was obsessed with them then and i still listen to them now the worst is when your pandora station plays a band that you thought you hated because of that and then you're like oh this is in my favorite band's playlist now yeah it's like it's pretty good (laughs) yeah uh but he that man is talented musically he's talented comic book wise hotel oblivion i literally read the first two pages and i had no idea what the hell was going on (laughs) <laughs> I went back, tried to like read, because I had reread the first two issues. I hadn't read them in forever, reread them recently, and that's when I let you borrow them. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, wait, this doesn't make sense. It's literally like, this is where this story ends. And I I don't get it. <laughs> and it very much, I think it's what you kind of said when you talked about reading the first two trades is that if you are confused, mm-hmm. it'll all eventually make sense. Yeah. And that was one <laughs> of the things I was kind of surprised about. And like having watched the TV show and then getting into the book actually, I think, helped me a little yes. bit more because I kind of knew where about they were going or some of the things that were happening. And the art is gorgeous, but it's confusing because it's a lot more of a whimsical world. Yeah. And as well, like the kids, like especially when they're little, they all look the same. So you don't know who's who, what totally. are they talking about. So it gets very confusing. Even when um, even when uh, they're older, I really got Seance, which was Klaus. Yes. Um, Confused with uh, white Rumor. violin. Oh uh, no! With you, well, with the white violin. Yeah, with yes. white violin, Vanya. Vanya. Yeah. Um. Before she turned into the white violin, mm-hmm. um, because she had short hair. Yeah. It just they. It's it's hard to really kind of tell, and it's it's not. They're not black and white comics, but they're kind of muted colors, so they're yes. used in strategic places to kind of emphasize things. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those ones where it's a little bit confusing, and then yeah, like a lot of things that I didn't understand were explained in like two pages. Yes. So it's like, how did that happen? And then they tell you, and I'm like, oh, okay. Also, they don't get super deep into a lot of stuff because the television, um, the format of television just lets you kind of delve deeper Mm -hmm. into the characters, not so much with a comic book. Yeah, and the world of Umbrella Academy comics is, like I said, way more whimsical, a lot weirder. Like, we have Pogo in the series, but in the comics, like, there's monkeys everywhere. Yeah, and that confused me. What is it? What do they call it? Not anamorphic. Oh, anthropomorphic. Yes, uh, basically, like they're they're talking. They're basically humans. They just happen to be monkeys. Yeah, and so yeah, and that's all I think uh, Hargreaves is doing. And it was kind of confusing in the second one when there's a monkey detective, and I was like, did Pogo just join the police force? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And no, it was just a monkey who was a detective. And what this, what I will say, because I don't want to spoil it for Rev. Thank you. This story, you're going to be introduced to a bunch of new characters, and you're like, what the hell? But it's okay. Okay. Like, it's a little overwhelming at first, but then you're like, okay, it's okay. There's a reason for this. <laughs> There's okay. This is okay. I'm fine. But I'm I fine. have, I did say this in a previous episode when we fir- when we did the, the spectacular on Umbrella Academy season two. Mm-hmm. This, we do see a little bit of the Sparrow Academy. And okay. I talked about the characters that we did see and you, like, it, it's very fascinating. And I'm curious on how they're going to go about it in the next season, which I still haven't seen if it's been renewed for season three. And that's the thing is that it was on Netflix and who knows? Because Netflix generally doesn't like to go with something unless it's amazingly popular past season two. And I feel that this show should be, but also it's because like, like all of us, like geeks have a real soft spot for it. I don't know if it like, made you know enough viewers and new subscriptions for them to really want it yeah i wonder if COVID also because they would have to start filming essentially when we don't know if we can start filming again well and mm-hmm. i mean you bring up a good point because just as a slight aside stump town had been renewed for a season two yeah but because of COVID and the fact that they have to kind of dance around all of this stuff and they couldn't figure it out suddenly now season two has been canceled by abc and they're shopping it around to hopefully somewhere they've been like literally the creators and the people mm-hmm. involved in it are like hey hbo max hey netflix hey amazon prime anybody kind of like oh, we got and, a show here we got a season and, and i don't think anybody else here watched Stumptown, right i did not know nope. uh i i saw all of it 
I enjoyed it. It is it is from a comic book, mm-hmm. but it is not a comic book story. Yeah. It's more real life. And we talked to Matt Southworth way in years, the past about ago. this. And I think those those whole those whole episodes have gone into the void of... Uh, the the of, vault uh, void. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of uh, the internet, whereas we don't have those uh, available anymore. But it was... It's based in Portland. And yeah, it's more... It's, it's, it's down to earth, gritty. And yes, it's in a comic book format. But it almost seems like that would be just storyboards for a TV show. They do a really good job also showcasing like soldiers and PTSD and what that does. Um, I've said this before because I've, like I said, I watched all of it and I've reviewed it. Uh, I like Colby Smulders. It is, she does a really good job, but I kind of wish they went, I believe in the comics, it was a Native American woman. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish they would have like cast it as a Native American woman. I would have loved to see like somebody I don't know, like Colby yeah. Smulders. Like we know her. She's already been in superhero movies and comic book movies. Like <laughs> let's, let's give somebody else a chance. Not wrong with that one. Um, but so, yeah, uh, I'm excited to read Hotel Oblivion. Uh, very excited to be confused by it and then suddenly not confused because that's usually how that goes about. Um, But also, in terms of non-television show Umbrella Academy stuff, Funko, you know the Funko Pop Mm -hmm. vinyls, they have unveiled a new Umbrella Academy pop figure for the New York City Comic Con, and it's a bloody one. Uh, (laughs) Shared on Funko's Twitter, the limited edition pop features young Ben Hargreaves covered in blood following a tentacled takedown. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, the image is ripped straight from the first season of the Netflix series, and it will be exclusive to New York Comic Con. Now... Uh, New York City Comic Con will be going virtual this year, obviously, because of COVID. So I don't necessarily know how it's going to be going uh, about how they're going to get it. Uh, the event will take place between October 8th and 11th on the on the New York City Comic Con YouTube page. So we don't know how it's going to work out. If you really want this, I would say stay tuned and stay fixated on either Funkos or the New York City Comic Con Twitters and YouTube pages because they'll let you know. And if it's going to be an online sale, it will go, like we talked about on Monday, uh, online sales go usually very, very fast. So you'll have to look up for it maybe on eBay. I am curious. Curious? So I was, I was doing a little little research. It took about a month to announce that they renewed Umbrella Academy for season two. Mm-hmm. So I think they said New York Comic Con will be like Octo- in October. Yeah. yeah, yeah, October 8th through 11th. Uh-huh. And so I'm wondering, I'm like, please, please, please announce it. That would be the then. perfect time. Please announce it that you are getting, we're getting a season three. And just announce season four while you're at it, please. And season please. four. Like, I want more. <laughs> I understand that, but let's, let's get through season three first. I mean, there's only three uh, graphic novels out there, so at that point they'd be going off on their own. Unless, you know, Gerard Way kind of pounds out hey. the fourth one. I will say, though, as much as I love binge-watching a show because it's, you know, hey, it's right here. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to, like, thank you. You gave me, a, like, this giant piece of cake, and of course I'm going to eat all of it. Right. Uh but I know a lot of people were actually going a quick step aside. People were freaking out that The Boys is weekly. Yeah, like, people are getting really, really mad, like review bombing it because yeah. it will come out and they're slow, ro- <laughs> slow rolling you. Doing what they used to do on television where you could get one episode a week right? and you liked it. And apparently everyone's like, screw you, Amazon. But it wasn't even Amazon's choice. Like this was really? like this. It was the creators. Really? 
Um, so uh, one of the creators says, so I get that people are disappointed, but I think one thing they need to understand is this is not like a corporate Amazon money grab. This was from the producers and we wanted this. It was a creative choice, so they may like it or not like it, but they have to at least respect that the people who are making the show wanted it to be released this way because we wanted to have time to sort of slow down a little bit and have conversations about everything. Right. So they at least have to appreciate that it was a creative choice. And you know what? Like, uh, I get it. Yeah. Like the first three I get because they want to, you know, get you and make sure that you're mm-hmm. in and caught up with all of it. And like the first episode is a little slow. So having one, two, three right there, boom, 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 boom. It plays like a longer movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with episode four, still not going to talk about episode five until uh, Friday's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just one of those things where you're like, okay, I'm invested in these characters already. Now I'm intrigued to see where they're going to go yes. with all of this. And I'm okay with that. Plus, the show is so messed up and yeah. so gory. I kind of need a break. Yes. Like, even, Agreed. even watching it, I watched the first three episodes on consecutive days. I didn't mm-hmm. binge it just one, two, three. I had to give a little bit of time to process it because... Like there's just it's so tough. much going on, and it's tough a lot of the times. Like it, seriously, the whale scene, I didn't know what to expect because I knew it was going to happen from the interviews that we had mm-hmm. with uh, Gareth uh, talking with them, and it was it wasn't as horrifying as I was expecting, but it's still super gnarly. Yeah, and just the emotional trauma, like. I could feel like I, I'm totally blinking on her name. I think her name is Ashley in the show. She's the one oh, that took over yeah. for Madeline yes, Stilwell. Ashley, yeah, that poor woman. <laughs> the, the amount of stress, like when something goes different, like than yeah. she was expecting, like like I get super stressed out for her. Well, and that's like a peek into the back, uh, you know, the back scenes of like our own lives. Is like we run a, and work on a radio station. All three of us do mm-hmm. on a radio show where. Sometimes you got to find something really quick, or sometimes you got to do something really quick, and you're on a super time limit, and you're just like, oh my God, what am I going to do? How you, am I going to do this? And you don't want to disappoint anybody. Right. But except, you know, she's actually afraid for her life. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't have to worry about, like, BJ uh, shooting, like, 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 shooting lasers out of his eyeballs. He'll yell at us, maybe, but there won't, no lasers involved. No, he, usually. Gets, he gets cranky. I just give him some chocolate, and he's fine. Right, exactly. You can't I never get, get any chocolate. Well, it's because you don't get cranky like BJ does. Yeah. Mm. I, he is basically my <laughs> 60 year old child. I have decided yeah. many years ago he's my child not a bad call on that um now moving on from the umbrella academy to a show that i love to binge right now and i know i think both of you have watched this a little bit okay um i really slept on uh a lot of the new anime like i just haven't been interested in a lot of them i don't care about my hero academia i don't care about a lot of that stuff i'm really rooted into the old school stuff akira Mm -hmm. ninja scroll uh, a lot of those different ones absolutely and so I slept on Avatar The Last Airbender. That, I, like, I don't mean to interrupt, but is that technically count as anime? What? Avatar? Yeah, I think well, so. It's like that weird line. Cause it, like, I, I, it's not not anime, but it's also... Would you call is it a it? cartoon? Is that what you like, mean? Yeah. It's absolutely a cartoon. Yeah, but it's like it has bits and pieces of like an anime feel, but not 100%, not like a Sailor and, Moon or a Dragon Ball Z. So and I, you know what? I just Googled, uh, is, is Avatar anime? And then something from thebobaculture.com, the headline, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is not an anime, and here's why. So probably not, but it is animated in it's, the same style that is familiar to me with that. So right. that's why I called it and that. And it's set in like an Asiatic world, yeah, is what like I'm reading on here. It says no, absolutely because they do use a lot of the Chinese martial arts, like real martial arts, 
for a lot of the bending of the elements. And it's, oh man, and the fight scenes that they do with this, with this show, are amazing. There's three seasons on Netflix, and I think that's the entire series. Yes, there is three seasons, 61 episodes. Yeah, and we finished the first season fairly quickly. It was about a week and a half just with, you know, I can't just Mm -hmm. sit at home and do that the entire time. But we watched uh, The Wife and I, and I I put it on as a lark. I was like, you know what? This might be fun. It might just totally suck. The worst I'm going to have is uh, 20 minutes of my life if I don't like the first episode. And that's also why I've been binging it, because it's 20 minutes. It's fantastic. The first season is 20 episodes long. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second season is 18. The third season is 16. Because you have to take into account commercials, because it's a Nickelodeon show. Yeah. So, But on Netflix, there's no commercials. Nope. And so once you skip the uh, intro and the credits, because it's Netflix, you're binging and you're going to do all of that, um, it comes down to about a nice little 20 minutes of content. Mm -hmm. And they're funny. They get to the point really quickly. You get all of the ups and downs. Like, these characters are very well made. Like... There's different clans, and you've got the fire. You got the fire clan. You've got the water clan, and you've got the earth clan. Mm-hmm. And then there would be the air clan, but they've been wiped out, except mm-hmm. for one child named Aang, who is the last Airbender, mm-hmm. who also is the avatar of all four elements. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's a 12 year old child, so he needs to actually figure out how to get all of these elements to become the master of these. And bending is essentially. Learning to use these elements that go along the same lines as, um, like, with your martial arts moves. So there'll be kicks that have little flames on them if you're from the Fire Nation. Or you'll be actually using water to attack however which Mm -hmm. way or the earth. So it's really cool to see how they're doing that. And the animation is sharp. It's crisp. The show's funny but also heartfelt. I was going to say, I've seen many, uh, like, hit-you-in-the-feels moments of this show. Like, yeah. I should probably specify I've seen the first like couple episodes and I've seen episodes like here and there mm-hmm. and I know what it's about and I've like done research on it. I've never sat and binged it. Uh, but I do know that uh, there is a sequel basically to that. Yeah, it's The, the Le- Legend of Korra. Yeah, The Legend of Korra. And There's I guess it takes four seasons. OK, well, if it goes along the same line as Avatar, I'm all in mm-hmm. like the season, uh, the season one finale. It was one of those where I'm sitting there with my wife and we're watching it. And there's there's tears. I'm getting a little teared up uh, because it's super emotional. She just turns and looks at me and she's like, what do all the kids think when they're watching this? And then their parents are like behind them watching it and getting all like like teary eyed about it. Like it, it hits you in some really st- – in just some places I didn't expect a, a, an animated show to ever do, especially a Nickelodeon show. Yeah, I mean it's a little bit more adult than I think you would – Imagine like a Rugrats would be or something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's like not so much like like with Rugrats, like they'll have adult jokes that'll totally go over the head, but it's like of the kids, but it's like a quick one and done thing. This deals with a lot of uh, like teen slash adult themes. Um, nothing that's bad, but it might be something that you might have to sit down and talk with your child about, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, the Fire Nation, like, attacks, I think, the Water Nation at some point, like, an all-out war in, like, yeah. the first season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the culmination of the uh, the, the end of the season. And um, you just kind of have to look at those perspectives and kind of see what they're doing. And sometimes, I mean, as a parent, you might have to kind of explain that in terms that they may understand with what's going on with their world today. And it brings up those conversations, but it's not a bad thing. Like, 
All of this was really, really well done. They've got some really good humor, some good childish humor, but it doesn't feel like a dumb kid show. And it's, I was looking at like the, I love watching, uh, seeing who the voice actors are for these things. Mm-hmm. Like Mae Whitman, who was also in uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, she was the ex girlfriend. What? She does the voice of Katara. Really? Yeah. And then wow. Mark Hamill does a lot of like random, it says additional voices for Mark Hamill, which makes sense because it's Mark yeah. Hamill. But you have people like Jason Isaacs in this. Um, it's like, I think, what was it, eight episodes he's in uh, in this show? Yeah. I mean, Clancy Brown, but he's in everything, let's be real. Yeah, I think that, yeah. And even uh, George Takei mm-hmm. makes a uh, an appearance in one of the earlier episodes. I'm like, no, that's absolutely George Takei. I can, uh, you can tell. I can tell his voice. So I started looking at The Legend of Korra because it was just saying, oh, some of the main characters are voiced by, and then the supporting voice actors include, in, so you have this to look mm-hmm. forward to. Oh, geez, yeah. Aubrey Plaza. What? Yeah. My grumpy cat. Like Anne Haish. Zelda Williams, who we know, you know, it's Robin oh, yeah, Williams' Robin daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this one cracked me up. Henry Rollins. Really? Yes. Wow. He totally huh. does a voice in this, and that is fantastic. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I absolutely recommend this series. Like I said, it's a half hour, 20 minutes, essentially, if you per have episode. If For kids, it's great. It'll keep them occupied. Very colorful, very vibrant, beautiful. And again, some themes that are easy to grasp, but you might have to do a little more explanation. But again, worthwhile. I love it. And now I guess apparently Legend of Korra as well. (laughs) I'll get to that eventually. But now it is time to get the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? So apparently Taiko Watiti. We uh, all love yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who uh, directed Thor Ragnarok, yeah. uh, What We Do in the Shadows, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff. Pretty soon, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Really excited for that. Well, he's going to be uh, doing something else. He did Vampires first. Now, Pirates. Pirates? So HBO Max what? has made a series, or- a series order for Our Flag Means Death, a pirate comedy to be produced and directed by Taika Waititi. Wow. <laughs> wow, I did not even know about this, and I'm really excited for this. I don't know. That sounds crazy. I thought they were doing a new Pirates movie, but this is a new Pirates series. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay HBO. with that. Now, you watched Black Sails, right? I've seen, like, almost all of season one. It was one of those, like, I, I it's a binge show. Like, and it's I super couldn't serious, go right? Yeah, it was pretty serious. So, so having to go back every week to watch it was kind of rough. It would be really fun just to kind of see a comedy version because if you've watched What We Do in the Shadows, either the movie or the series, both are very, very good and are intertwined. You should watch the movie and then the series. It makes a lot more sense. Pirates of the Comedy go hand in hand also. Right? Yeah, I really feel it does. Like, even the Pirates of the Caribbean are more action, but they're action comedy. And you get a lot of that not just from Captain Jack, but with all of the pirate crews. Like, Why the rum rev? <laughs> it's just such a fun sort of thing and uh, uh, just like a whole thing to kind of uh, get into and get through and just try to uh, experience pirates and uh, the open sea uh, with more of a mm-hmm. comedy bend. And so the HBO Max describes uh, the series as being loosely based on the real life adventures of Steedy Bonnet, which was from like 1688 to 1718. Hmm. Uh, a pampered Barbados born aristocrat who a his life of privilege to become a pirate in the Caribbean islands, operating as a contemporary of others like the legendary Blackbeard. Uh-oh. Yeah, that, <laughs> that will be very interesting when you're like somebody who's a little hoity-toity thinking that you can go and do that. Oh, this will be easy. I've right. got money. I can buy a big boat and just go be a pirate. And Why then, not? Yeah, then you get scurvy. Uh, yes. Uh, so the day-to-day of Our Flag Means Death is to be handled by the show's primary visionary and 
and creator, writer, and appointed showrunner David Jenkins, who did People of Earth, who will also uh, executive produce alongside Garrett Bash, which The Night Of and What We Do in the Shadows, and uh, Dan Halstead, which did People of Earth and Garden State. So it is looking oh, like it's going right. to be a lot of fun. And if you've heard, if you're wondering about People of Earth, that was one that BJ's talked about in the past. Um, it was a science fiction comedy series uh, created by David Jenkins about a support group for alien abductees. So BJ's talked about that multiple times in the past, saying he really loves it. So mm-hmm. if it's these guys doing it, oh, that sounds exciting. Uh, so, I mean, if you're like Rev was saying earlier, he's uh, Taika Waititi is doing Thor Love and Thunder, uh, which, you know, obviously next after Thor Ragnarok, as well as uh, he's going to soon shift his attention to a high profile project like the mystery Star Wars movie, which was recently pushed back its schedule. And he's directing a pilot for Apple TV series adaptation of Terry Gilliam's uh, Gilliam's 1981 classic Time Bandits and is attached (laughs) to write and direct animated features for Flash Gordon and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And that doesn't even account for his duties with the franchise he co-created, What We Do in the Shadows. So he's got a lot on his plate. And he's also set to co-direct with co-creator Jermaine Clement, pun-pushing spin-off movie We Are Wolves. Nice. As in We're not swearwolves. We are werewolves. We are wolves. Yes. Which is kind of centered on the... Lick, I can't say lycanthropic inhabitants of the shadows. That's universe. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. That was actually pretty good on that one. Now, now, Joe, you looked very confused when Flash Gordon was announced was was stated through all of that. Yeah. Now, do you obviously you don't remember Flash Gordon? No. Flash. Ah. Yes. Yeah, so it was a movie. It was a pulp comic, but it was also a movie that the soundtrack was done by Queen. Fantastic. Wow, that is great. Yeah. And so it takes Flash Gordon in his adventures going against being the Merciless. And it's it's old. It's kitschy. It's real, real close to like. It's so bad it's good. Yes. But it is really, really fantastic. It came out in 1980. So is it like oiled up? Muscly man with no shirt fights bad guy in space. In space, got but, it. Yeah, basically that. Like he needs to save the princess, and Ming the Merciless is a terrible dude who does terrible things, and he's got to fight him over that. Like really schlocky, like um, um, very uh, penis shaped uh, rocket. Oh. That sort of thing. You know, it's just like it's hypersexualized. A lot did, of fun, and just know meet... it's crap when you're getting into it. So on our regular job. Or... Our morning show uh, that we do. I think we got to meet Sam J. Jones once. He's a big dude. He's real tall. I think so because I think he was also in Ted. Yes, uh, he was. Yeah, he was in Ted. And so if they were like all like going uh, Gaga over uh, Flash Gordon mm-hmm. because got he was playing it. himself in that. Yes. And I think he was doing promotional tours back in the day. Yes. And we did some interviews with There's him. There's a picture of him and Mark Wahlberg on his little like <laughs> thing he rides. And it's like Mark Wahlberg's holding him like in the prom pose. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so seriously, that, that would be a, a great Taika Waititi project. Absolutely. And I feel I feel, Joe, if you've got some spare time, it's worth to see if you can find it on streaming. I'll put it on my second monitor. <laughs> exactly. That's a good call. No, that's a great call like that. If you're gaming or doing something <laughs> else, you could put that on the side and it'd be fun to watch. Uh, so I don't know if you guys saw this last week. Mm-hmm. Hulu released its first teaser for the Animani- uh, Animaniacs reboot. Yes. Live Which, action or no, 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 okay. no, 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 it's just no. a cartoon. It's a cartoon Animaniacs. They're bringing back the original voice actors mm-hmm. and it's the the teaser is they show a little bit of some of the old stuff and kind of what they're doing with the new stuff. 
Um, but it's more along the lines of getting the hype. It's like a two minute video mm-hmm. just showing like some of the behind the scenes stuff. There's not a whole lot of like new animation. Um, but this really got me excited. Animaniacs is one of my favorite cartoons growing up. And in, because of Animaniacs, in a weird roundabout way, you got together with your now wife. Yes. What? Okay. Yes. So this is a really weird story, but there's a bit in the old Animaniacs where they're in the mall, and it's one of the few times where they're not the antagonists. They're being chased around the mall by these old ladies who are trying to get them to take a survey. And it's just, would you like to take a survey? And it just starts off, it's like, do you like to eat? Do you like to eat beans? Do you like to eat beans with George Went? Would you like to see George Went eating beans? It's just going off through all this whole thing. And I had posted just a random Facebook, and this is before I knew my wife, other than the fact that she was a, a, a fan of the main show, and she had friended me on Facebook, like so many people do, and I just wrote the uh, line, would you like to take a survey? And then she responded with, do you like George Went?" And it's such a deep cut. Like, nobody knows this. I would have had no right? idea. And so it was just like, I like that. And it was one of those things where it's like, you're you're a cool person. Maybe. And eventually it took, like, I mean, like, months afterwards and me to get confirmation from Vicky that she was cool, which I should have I, already cause, known. Because I met her in, because you're like, oh, should I should I go out with her? Should I yeah. not? And I met her. I'm like, you... She is the biggest sweetheart in the world. If yeah. you need to go out with her and now, now, eleven years later, I mean, we've been married wow. for four, but yeah, we've been at you know going out for eleven years, and it was really kind of on the backs of that between Animaniacs and me. Yeah, I am to blame for your marriage. Yeah. And you're kind of, and you're kind of <laughs> like Dot. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> I'm very annoying, little sister. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, good news though, if you didn't hear, also. We were all worried that the Batman was sick. Yeah, we heard that the Batman, uh, Robert Battinson, got himself the COVID. He got himself the COVID. And apparently they are back. They've resumed production after nice. he was spotted out on the town. So well, they're I back. Mean, yeah, I mean, if he's going out and doing some stuff, it kind of would make sense that he would actually uh, be okay and they would have to start their production up again. Are you telling me that Batman can't cure COVID? Hold well, on. Well, I mean, he cured himself, or he probably just got over it. Yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, I mean, just how that goes. And to that end, it sounds like, I mean, anybody else who may or may not have been affected uh, were actually able to either get better or not be, uh, you know, infected by it. <laughs> well, guys, until next time, stay nerdy.